Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, good to be back with you. Uh, last week, uh, I had the privilege of being in Atlanta with my family, and then the week, bef- and, and then during the week, uh, we had a we were at the beach, which is not here. And someone asked me how was the beach, and I said I still wish I was at the beach, not here. Although the weather is um, much better today, it's com- it's coming back. We're gonna be okay. Um, we're, my name's Russell, if you haven't met me before, uh, lead pastor here at Mission City Church. We're in, the, we're in a series in Acts, and uh, we've been in a series uh, for, this is our fourth week, I think, and we'll be in that for most of the spring as well. And um, the first week of the series, one of the things that I challenged everyone with was this idea of who is someone that you can share the good news of Jesus with this spring? And uh, I want to keep bringing this question up. Uh, throughout this series as well. That if, maybe you thought about that and you're like, I don't have anybody. That question will continue to repeat uh, throughout the time because, like Jake said, our vision at Mission City is uh, we are a community that makes Jesus known. And we want to live in community. That's why we do community groups. We want to live lives together. Uh, but we also, if we are not proclaiming the good news of Jesus, uh, then we are missing out. And uh, and we and and uh, and so that's my hope. That's my um, that, that's that, that's why we're doing Acts as we, as we look at the early church and seeing the church grow uh, because a group of people were inspired and challenged by this this person of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, uh, and then they because they had seen and heard Jesus do these incredible things and taught them all these new things, like they could not stop but share this over and, and over and over again. And so uh, I, I hope that we become a church that is about that. I hope we become a church that is about sharing the good news of Jesus. And uh, I don't know about you, have you ever, have, has, have you ever shared uh, the gospel or the good news and it was awkward? Anyone? It's awkward before? Uncomfortable? Felt like palms are swe- sweating, knees weak. No, <laughs> anyone? No, is that is that wrong to quote an Eminem song mid sermon? Uh, possibly. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of awkward, right? You ever feel like it was like the wrong time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I th- I think for us um, in 21st century followers of Jesus, uh, I do think. Uh, there are some good ways to do this, and there are some bad ways to do this as well. And and so today, hopefully, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some good ways. Um, I do think um, I do think uh, as as we grow, one of my prayers for us is there's this idea of how many of you know a second language? Anyone know a second language? Or how many of you are uh, are very like you feel like you if you could learn a language and pick it up really really well? Yeah. Like me, not so much. No bueno. Okay, uh, yeah, I know my Spanish though, <laughs> just this much. Uh, but um, so there's there is uh, this 
this idea, this, this new language that talks about, it's called gospel fluency. Like, so when you know a language, you're fluent in a second language, right? Now, some of you are like, people say different levels of fluency. They'll say, like, I can, I, I'm fluent enough to, 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 to go, like, ask for the bathroom in Spanish. That's as fluent as I am in Spanish. Some people will say, my brother works for Chick-fil-A, and he says that he is, he is fluent in Chick-fil-A Spanish. Meaning, Tommy would also think he, he would also agree with this, but meaning that he can explain to someone in Spanish how to cook chicken correctly, the Chick-fil-A way, right? And then people say there's conversational, and then they go to like, no, I'm actually like full-fledged fluent. I, I, can, I, can, I'm, I, I can hang, I can read, I can write, I can speak, I can do all these different things. So in the same way, maybe in the time where you felt uncomfortable with the good, sharing the good news of Jesus, uh, maybe it was because you didn't know what to say, and sometimes that's true for me too, and maybe it's because there's a level of fluency or understanding of the good news that we're missing out on, that we are not gospel fluent, and because of that, when it, we come to sharing the good news, uh, it, uh, it, like it hinders us in, in, in a way. And and I don't I don't say that to you to to make you feel bad and you go you know I don't know the I don't know the good news well enough so I I should I'm gonna feel bad after this it's like no 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 the reason I want to bring it up is in the same way that you're learning a language the same way that you and I need to spend time learning and making sure that we understand how to communicate the good news of Jesus because I, we believe it's good news here. We believe that Jesus died and rose again for the sins of the world. We believe that he is reigning, that he, he, he is Lord, and he, his invitation for us is to change our minds and to follow him. And so we're going to do that. Now, I'm going I'm to tell a story from Acts chapter 4 today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the story. The reason we're talking about this, the reason I'm going to spend most of the sermon talking about this, even giving practical guides to this, is because uh, Acts chapter 4 is the story about Peter boldly sharing the good news with these. Uh, he was doing it in the temple. He healed somebody. He gets arrested. And now he's sharing the good news uh, with uh, the, he's with the uh, Jewish leaders as well. So we'll talk about this, we'll tell the story, and then we're going to get into some specific ways for you to uh, share the good news, and then also hopefully for you to grow in your own gospel fluency. And here's the reality. Uh, Christianity is declining in the U.S. Are, are we aware of this? Yes? The, the number of, like, uh, they're called the nuns, which are not like uh, Catholic uh, people that, like, holy people. They're the, the, the non-affiliated, non-religious has doubled, I think, in the last, like, 10 or 15 years. And so what, what is happening? A couple things. Number one is people aren't sharing the good news. Number two is our methods are not as efficient or, or as effective as they've been in the past. In other words, we need to rethink some of our methods uh, in approaching sharing the good news to the world around us. And I will say this transparently, I don't know all of the answers. Like I might say something and I might disagree with myself in a month because I want to explore this together. And some of it's different with different people. You have different, the gospel isn't changing, but the way that you interact and the way that you can connect the gospel to this person, it might take different approaches and strategies and things like that as well. So let's get into the story and then we'll talk about those things as well. Acts chapter four, verse one, it says this. He says, and as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the, re, uh, the resurrection from the dead. 
and they were arrested and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word, word believed, and the number of men came about 5,000. So Peter's in the temple with some of the disciples. They're preaching the good news, and they, uh, they actually, they're going into the temple to preach the good news about Jesus. And uh, a lame man, this is Acts chapter 3, we're not covering it. This is the, this is the Reader's Digest version. Uh, he, he, he's been, he's like 40 years old, and he wants to be healed. He's lame. And Peter's like, I don't got no money. I ain't got no job, but let me tell you what I do got. I got this Jesus and he heals him. He stands up, he walks and people start celebrating and they start worshiping and then they preach. And this annoys the religious elite or the, the religious top there. And what do they do? They arrest him. And so they have this incredible ministry moment, but it's, it, it happens. Skip down to verse seven. So the religious leaders, they bring them in and they ask him this question. They said, and when they had sat in the, in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? And so they want to, hey, how'd you do that? Hey, how'd you do that? They're, they're, they're wanting to know, hey, what, what's going on here? Like, how were you able to heal this person in such a way? And this is when Peter, he, he preaches. It says, verse 8, he says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done but to a crippled man, by what means, uh, by, by what means this man has been healed? And so again, they're like, Think about this. You just healed a dude, and you get arrested because you, you healed a dude, and they want to know what, like you're stirring up uh, potential insurgents. And so we just did a good thing, man. This crippled person was healed, but you want to know, like, who, like how did we do it? How, tell me your magic trick. Tell me what happened. Verse 10, he says this. Let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. So how do we do it? It's because of this man, Jesus of Nazareth, from uh, Jesus Christ, who was, was dead and, and, and was risen. It's in his power and it's, it's in his name that this man was uh, able to walk again. This stone, verse 11, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has come, become the cornerstone. And there is salvation. This is it. Listen to this. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so Peter is in front of the religious elite. He's, he's just healed a man in the power and the name of Jesus. And what he's doing is he's preaching the good news. He's saying this Jesus who was crucified and who rose again. Now there's a group of people that would have been in the religious elite with them. They're, they're different branches. There's the Sadducees and the Pharisees. One thing about the Sadducees, they're so Sadducee. Uh, that was, come on, people. Come on, it's like 11 now. <laughs> come on. Do you guys know the song, uh, I Don't Want to Be a Sheep, or I Want to Be a Sheep? Have you heard that kid song, that kid song? Yeah, it's uh, I, don't, I just want to be a sheep, ba 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 ba. I sing it to Maisie sometimes, and there's a, there's a, the line about the Sadducees. I don't want to be a Sadducee because they're so Sadducee. I don't want to be a Sadducee. Anyway, that's not what they think. They <laughs> you want to know about the Pharisees? So I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. I don't want to be a hypocrite because they're not hip with it. I can go all day, <laughs> all day. That's actually my last one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, but 
the the Sadducees, uh, the reason they're upset is because they actually didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. And so Jesus, is, uh, when, when Peter is announcing death and resurrection, and he's saying that this Jesus is offering salvation, out, like, like one that is available in the present, but also available after we die, they had issues with that. But Peter preaches the gospel to him. He says, in, in this name, in Jesus Christ, Jesus the Anointed One, Jesus the Messiah, there is, like, there is salvation in his name and his name alone. And so verse 18, and so they, they ended up, they, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with them. They're trying to say, hey, what, like what, how, what are we going to do with them? What are we going to do with them? Because they want to they stop this. They want to stop this movement from happening. Uh, and basically they come to the conclusion, because they, they can't deny this, guy, this 40-year-old man who was lame. He, he was at this door, at this gate, as people were going into the temple. So people knew this dude. He would ask for money for every person, alms, as people would come into the temple. They couldn't deny that this healing, this miracle, had happened in the name of Jesus. They couldn't deny that 5,000 men in the temple uh, pr- like confessed that Jesus was Lord in that moment. They couldn't deny that. And so what do they do? They just said, hey, you need to shut your mouth. They said to them, you need, to, you, you need to shut your mouth. That's a me paraphrase. Verse 18, they says, so they called them and charged them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. Hey, stop speaking in that name. Hey, stop speaking in that name. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. So it's for us. Is it is it better for us to listen to you, even though they had this authority in the in the in the Jewish world? These are the Jewish leaders. The high priest is mentioned in, in this as well. So these are the Jewish leaders, and uh, or is it better to listen to the, the 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 authority of the Jewish Jewish leaders, or is it better to listen to God? And then they said, "For we cannot speak, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard." We cannot stop speaking of what we have seen and heard. And again, these guys walked with Jesus for three years. These guys saw him die, and they saw him risen again. They spent over 40 days with him learning of the kingdom of God. They could not stop speaking of the fact of what they have seen and what they have heard as well. And I think about this. Um, when, I, when I think about this, I think about um, back to, to Mission Weekend, and I, I can't remember who it was, but... But someone asked this question. I think it was Joanna, but she asked this question. How has the good news been good to you? Like these, this is what they're talking about. Like we can't stop speaking about how the good news, that's good news is gospel in English, by the way, if we, we miss that. But how has the good news, Jesus coming, laying down his life, rising from the dead, inviting you to this new way of life, forgiveness and grace and mercy. Like, how has that good news been good for you? And I think this line in verse 20 is going to be key to the way that Mission City shares the good news. Is that we share from a perspective of what we have seen and what we have heard. And like we, we become fluent and how we have seen and heard God move in our lives through what the scriptures say and through stories of redemption and stories of whatever he has done in your own life. But we, whatever God has done, we, we learn how to, to use those and put language on those so that we can share those with the people around us. And so very practically, though, we really have four spaces um, that you, 
you, you have influence in your own life. We have four spaces of influence. There should be a slide for this. They're not, they shouldn't be shocking to you. If they are, welcome to life, you know? Uh, first one is, is work. You, you have influence at work. Second one is your home. You have influence in your home. The third one is if you're not working, maybe you're learning. Maybe you're in school in some capacity. And then the first one is play. That there is some type of recreation that you potentially might have influence in a hobby and whatever else you might do. Now, this is very similar to the third space. If you ever heard that language of the third space, that you have your work, you have your home or family life, and then there's this third space where you spend the, the third amount of your time. You could, you could interchange those, in my opinion, as well. Most of us have influence in at least two of these. Some of us three. Some of us, all four. If you're doing all four, working, going to school, having a family, and playing, I don't know how you're doing good in school. But outside of that, um, that like, but we all have we all have influence in this. And this is what I want you to think about: is in your own life, is where if if in your own life, uh, where is a place where you can engage someone? Uh, think of a moment where where you are most likely to engage people to hear the good news in one of these four spaces of influence. Now, let's think about work, for example. We, we live in a, in a society that is, it's becoming, for many of us, it's becoming more and more difficult for you to actually share the good news at work. Uh, like, just straight up, like, hey, can I share the gospel with you? Because of um, maybe corporate policies or just the direction that our country is going, it's becoming more and more difficult to do that. So you might say, hey, that's not the place right now currently where I have the uh, influence to do that. Uh, home, now at your home, I, I would say that we all have influence in our homes. This is a place where we can share the good news with people. If you learn, same thing, school school also might be similar to the work thing where depending on your schooling that you're going to, it might be difficult based off of the structure of the school that you go to that hinders you from actually sharing the good news. Now, it might not, and there might be ways that you work around that, uh, and then play is, the, is, of course, the one, too, where many people, I think, figure out a way for them to share the good news in that context. It should be, in some ways, the home and the play should be the simplest versions of it, where it's like, in my hobby, where there's no, no one's going to be able to write me up for proselytizing at this institution, right? Like, I, I, I can, I, if I'm going on a bike ride with this, this, you know, this, this group on Thursday nights at 5 o'clock at Spin Pizza, like, no one in the group is going to kick me out of the group or, like, we hit my back tire and make me crash so that because I, I, I asked them, hey, what, what do you think about God, right? And so, but for us, we need to think about it in, in a sense of you have, number one, you have influence in the world around you. There are people who are looking t- towards you uh, and you might say, hey, I'm shy or hey, I'm quiet or no, people don't look up to me, but no, like you have you have spaces in your world where you can share what you have seen and what you have heard. And again, it, there, because of our society, there's different places and different spaces that you might want to uh, and you might feel led to in this moment. But, but think for a moment, where, where is God calling you? Where are the places that he's calling you to engage people with the good news? Where is he, where is he, is he doing that? And I, I think the other thing too is, you know, I grew up where we did a very quick approach where um, 
with sharing the good news, which it was like, hey, I have this method, and I'm actually going to show you a method that is a quick method to share the gospel in three minutes or four minutes. Um, I had this method, and I'm just going to go, and I'm going to share the gospel with you, and I'm going to share the gospel with you, and then I'm going to share it with you, and then I'm going to share it with you, and 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 you, and you, and all of you as quickly as I can, just so I can do it, so I can say I can do it. And is there some merit to that? Sure. I think God calls us to do that. But I think uh, I think it's more likely for me to walk through life with someone and then to begin to share the gospel with them as I, I have uh, if I, as I've walked through life with them. And uh, and we t- you, you take people on a journey with you as opposed to hey like I'm gonna do this one shot and if it works awesome and if it doesn't then you know what like I'm just gonna move on to the next person because that's not very caring right? Like it's not just about numbers. It's about actually people and human beings. And so, um, I was actually, I read a book, uh, I was reading a book, this book, it's called the bigger gospel. I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but, um, it, he, he talks at the end of it. He says, one of these guys expects it's going to take five years for the gospel to cultivate in some of his relationships. In other words, so he's, he's anticipating that the, the taking someone and walking through life with someone, it could take upwards of, like his number was five years, even more than that, probably if it's the law of averages, and probably shorter than sometimes as well. But th- the point of it is, is it, that's a relational approach to it, and it's playing the long game as well. Uh, and, and the other thing, this book, this, this is a good resource. If you want to look at this afterwards, it's n- literally 95 pages. I read it last night. It's a very, uh, it's a, it's a, this guy, he's, he's in, uh, I think he's in the Northwest, but basically he's, he's trying to approach, um, he's trying to figure out how can Christians, uh, share the gospel and not do it in a way that is like harmful to like other people, <laughs> Which that sounds like might be silly, but have you ever seen someone try to share the gospel and like and it ended up going really, really bad and ended up hurting like and basically pushing someone away? And so he wants to, he wants to and I know the gospel's offensive. We can talk about that too, but he wants us to, to to find ways to share the gospel where it's reaching those that are kind of pulling away from uh, maybe they're deconstructing or maybe they're pulling away from this idea of uh, organized Christianity. But again, five years, five years. So think about that, just the relationships that you have. Other very interesting thing in this. So he talks about the tension between, there's this church word. Everyone know what evangelism is? Everyone heard the word evangelism? So evangelism is this this basically the the act of sharing the gospel with those around you is a very simple way to say that. And then there's this word discipleship. You guys ever heard the word discipleship? Like making disciples? Yeah. It's the that we we in Christianity tie this into two kind of camps. Evangelism, I'm going to go share the gospel. Uh, discipleship is I'm going to, it's this big word sanctification, which is a fun thing, but it's this act of becoming more and more like Jesus as you as you've already been a follower of him. And and and, and these in a lot of circles are t- they're, they're in tension with one another. So you'll go to, I talked to a buddy of mine, he's a pastor. He goes, you know what, this church is way too focused on discipleship. I want to focus on evangelism and the lost. And so I'm going to go to this church over here so I can do that. Whereas this church is just focused on the sheep or the believers as well. 
And the interesting thing about that is uh, he makes the point when we, when I, when, and I conceptually think about this, what's the process of bringing someone into like becoming a believer? We first evangelize them over here. We say, Hey, I'm going to share the good news with you. I'm going to convince you or that God's going to save you over here. You have a conversion moment. And then over here, now you are ready for discipleship. So this, right, this is, this is kind of how it is, right? I share the gospel, you believe it, conversion, and then now you're ready to be discipled. Now, is that what Jesus did? And that, this is the point that he makes. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus, what did Jesus do? He went to people and he invited them to follow him. He invited them to follow them. And then, and then along the way, uh, like, I guess this, this would be a good case study, but like when did the disciples become believers? That's a very interesting case study, right? Like was it the moment that they repented and believed and followed Jesus at the beginning of his ministry? Or was it Acts 1 when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were saved? Again, I actually haven't even processed that. So if we want to talk about that after service, that'd be a fun time. But I think, I think the point is, before they even completely knew who Jesus was and even what, like the, the cross hadn't happened yet, the resurrection hadn't happened yet, they were learning and following Jesus. They were invited to see what God was like and they were learning to follow him as well. And so instead of trying to argue with people, it's maybe maybe extend an invitation for them. Hey, you want to check out Jesus with me? Like let's look, let's study the gospels and see what Jesus is like. His invitation to you is to to change your mind. In other words, change the way that you think about the world, that God has a good plan for the world and has a way that we are called to live. And he wants to invite you to, to live that with him and follow you. And then along the way, as they're wrestling with the things of God, as they're wrestling with the things, um, that uh, the teachings of Jesus, that's when we can share, uh, you know, we can share that Jesus came and died and rose again for the forgiveness of sins and for us to live life with him. Uh, forever as well. We can we can include that there as well. And so it doesn't have to just be a shotgun approach. It can be an invitation and a journey that lasts months, weeks, years. Uh, and I think I think potentially it might it might allow for people to soften their hearts to the good news of Jesus and allow time for you to really minister to people and to really care about them as well. So. Uh, before before we continue, um, I do have a method though. Is if you're if you're needing a method, because again, we need to be gospel fluent, uh, and so there is a method that it's called the three circles. Which I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but it's uh, it's a, just another simple diagram. You can draw it on a napkin. If you have your notes, you can Google it. Three circles, but there's a video. A guy's going to explain it on the video and draw it as well. Because again. Though I think the, the, the approach could be walking with people for a, a season of life or for a long period of time, we still need to know what the gospel is. And if I asked this question to you and I said, hey, what is the gospel? What is the good news of Jesus? And, you, and, and I'd say, hey, what would you say? I think we, we as a church need to be all on the same page. Uh, and, and, and for you, that might be a terrifying question. And so if you don't know the answer to that, or if you're unsure, or if that makes you clammy, or like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing, which we don't like, right? Like, we're, I don't know why. This is an opportunity for you to grow in your fluency. 
of the gospel. So Soren's going to play this. We might need to cut the lights down. If you turn on the television or look at your Facebook feed, it's very clear that we live in a broken world. There's a lot of death, a lot of disease and suffering. But we also see traces of beauty, like the beauty of a sunset or the laugh of a child. And that's because God's design was perfect when He made it. There was no death or disease or suffering. But starting with the very first people, we as humans chose to go our own way and leave God's perfect design. And that's called sin. And, and sin is what led to brokenness in our world and us and sinfulness. Well, we don't like to be in brokenness, this state that we're born in. So we try to get out. So for some, they try to get out on their own by climbing the ladder of success at work or school, thinking that'll get them out. Others try to get out themselves by doing good things or being religious and going to church and helping people. And while those are great things, they, they don't get us out of brokenness. Some try to drown out the brokenness with drugs and alcohol or attempts at suicide or, or maybe even relationships. And these attempts to get out of brokenness ourselves end up snapping us back in like a bungee cord. But God loved us so much, He didn't want us to stay in brokenness. So He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He provided the only way out. And that is through His Son, Jesus. You see, Jesus came down into our world and allowed Himself to be killed on a cross, taking on our sin. And three days later, he rose from the dead, and He declared that if anyone would turn from their way and surrender to Him and believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead, and would be willing to make Him their King or their Lord, that they would be forgiven and made new, and would then be able to experience God's perfect design for their life. I want to ask you, which of these two would you say you're in? Are you still in brokenness? Or have you repented and believed in Jesus and are now back in His design? Okay, you're in brokenness. Well, which one of these two do you want to be in? Okay, great. Well, is there anything that keeps you from turning from your way and believing in the gospel of Jesus and making Him your Lord, your King? Okay, great. You know, when I chose to make this decision, I prayed a simple prayer, very similar to this picture. I just told God that I'm sorry for my sin, that I left your design, and for the ways that I've tried to get out of brokenness on my own. I'm ready to turn from my way and surrender to you. And I believe that this is true. And I want to make you my Lord so I can become new and experience your design for my life. Is that something you'd like to do? And then just pray with them. So this is the Three Circles Gospel presentation. You can put up the, well, you just put up that if someone wants to, we'll leave that up there just for a few seconds. But that's a, that's a very simple way, a new way, uh, relatively new way, uh, that 
that people are using. It. Three, it's called just the three circles. You can Google it, three circles gospel. Uh, but a very simple way to share the good news of Jesus. And again, sometimes it's going to be you only have a moment with someone, and you're going to feel prompted to share the gospel with them. You meet them on a bus or a bent. We, we don't have. I don't ride the bus, but uh, it's a very brief moment. And I would encourage you to share the good news. Others. It's you're going to walk through life with someone for a long period of time, and you're going to get to walk through these different circles uh, through a period of time. It could be a year or two where people are finally just, you know, maybe they, it depends on where they're starting from. What if they don't believe in God? What if they, what if they don't think that they're a sinner? Or they they struggle at all. Uh, th- there's there's different. There's tons of different ways and how long it could go. But this is one tool. Again, not all tools. Uh, this is not the tool, this is one tool. And so use it. If you have a tool that you like, if you have a way that you like to share the gospel, uh, this is a good resource for you. Uh, this book is also a good resource as well. Uh, not only does this book, it's called The Bigger Gospel, uh, not only does it have uh, a good synopsis of what the gospel is, uh, his big thing is about including the like gospel conversations into every uh, aspect of your life. And so he has like a four-question system to where you can process in your own life how the gospel would speaks into that, but also a way for you to use it as a conversation style, like in speaking with people who are far from God. So it's a really good resource. You can find that as well. So this story ends up, do you think Peter and John, uh, do you think they stay quiet? Coming back, Acts chapter 4, do you think Peter and John stayed quiet? No, they didn't. They didn't. They said, no, we cannot. Uh, And so what did they do? And so what they did was they went back with the other believers, and they prayed for more boldness. That's what they did. They prayed for the boldness to continue to share the good news. And now the Lord, verse 29, look upon their threats. Uh, I'm I'm picking up uh, mid-prayer, by the way. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of, of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They kept going. Even in the midst of persecution, they kept going. And so for us, uh, what I hope, Mission City, in this next spring, I really hope that we, one, take this question and really mean it, is in the, in the places where we have influence, is where is God calling you to share his good news this spring? And maybe you just start with the question that came from Mission Weekend is, how has the gospel begin news for you? You start with sharing hey, you know what? The gospel and good news because I was really struggling with this and I was having a hard time forgiving myself. And the, you know what the gospel tells me is that, that Jesus has forgiven me of all past, present, and future sins and that he sees me as his son uh, and that I am loved and accepted by him. And that allows me to live in confidence every single day. Some days I forget it, but, when I, but then I come back to that one truth as well. And maybe that truth will help you as well. Um, maybe it's learning and taking time this spring to learn some gospel fluency. What is the gospel and how can you communicate it in your context, in your own story as well? Uh, Paul, he, he, the way he shared the gospel, he told his, sto- his conversion story, which is in Acts three different times. He told his life before and after. Uh, he uh, told just like what Peter said, just the, the words of the gospel that Jesus the Messiah died and rose again. 
Um, uh, and then also, he, yeah, and then he told his conversion as well. So there's tons of different ways telling your testimony and having conversations out of that. Uh, we we want to be a resource for you. If this is something you're interested in, we'd love to talk more about you as well. So uh, I'm going to invite, uh, I'm going to invite Tommy, the, the band to come back up. And, uh, and we're going to take communion together. Uh, I'm going to invite the the hospitality team or the connection team to move communion forward. Um, this is the first time we're taking communion like this. This was initially, this is how we wanted to do it from the very beginning, but because of COVID, we were hesitant to have everyone come to the same table um, or tables. Um, but the way that we're going to have it, and hopefully going forward, we're going to try it out at least, is uh, during the next two songs, at any time that during those next two songs, you can come down. Uh, and come and take communion, and you can bring it back to your table and take it uh, if you want to. And uh, and if you need prayer, you can also come down and uh, pray with people over there. The reason we take communion uh, is because it is a way for us to remember the good news. It's a gospel fluency thing. It's It's a reminder every single week that the hero of our story, the climax of our story is found in Jesus Christ, the one who laid down his life and he didn't stay dead. He rose again so that you and I could be forgiven and so that you and I could experience his new creation, his new life uh, inside of us. And so the way that we remember that is by uh, taking a piece of bread or a cracker and it's broken because Jesus's body was broken for you and we take a cup of juice as just a, a symbol of his blood, his perfect blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins for the world. And so we want you to, uh, to, to come whenever you're ready to do that. Now, it, last two things. If you uh, have never followed Jesus and you've heard the good news and you want to say, hey, I, I want to follow Jesus today, check that on your Connect card. Or if you have never been baptized, if you've never been baptized, we call it immersion, never been dunked in a, in, a, in a water, which is another picture, buried in his death, raised in his new life, check that on that paper Connect card as well. Let me pray for us and then we'll continue in, in our response time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today. We pray God, I just pray that we would be fluent in your good news. God, that the, 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 the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that, that, that it is good for us, that we've received his grace and forgiveness and love. And so, God, as we take communion together, as maybe some of us come down and pray, uh, God, that, that you would just move in, in our midst in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.